Welcome to the Chosen People Radio Program, a production of Chosen People Ministries. On this program, you'll hear inspiring stories, learn about messianic apologetics, and discover God's plan for Israel and you. Now let's welcome our hosts, Mitch Glazer, President of Chosen People Ministries, and Robert Walter, our New York Regional Director. Shalom and welcome to Chosen People. This is our radio show that we do each week, and we're so glad to have you. With me is my co-host, Bobby Walter, who leads our work in New York City. So welcome, Bobby. And what are we talking about today? Yes. Thank you, Mitch. Shalom to you and shalom to all of our listeners. We're, uh, again, as always, we're very grateful that you're joining us. And the topic for today, Mitch, we're actually going to pick up where we left off last week. So if you remember last week, we talked about the importance of Israel and Christian Zionism and how Christians can support Israel and what the biblical basis for that is. So again, we're going to pick up on that, but this week we want to focus on young people in particular, younger believers. So we're talking Gen Z, millennials, the younger Christians, and how they view Israel. And if they are uh, trending in the same direction as their parents and grandparents in their support for Israel. So, Mitch, I know you have a lot to say about this, and you have a lot of data to even back up what you're saying. I do, Bobby. Thank you so much. You know, we have a, a saying these days, and it's a great saying, and and they know it in Israel, and they know it in the Jewish community in the U.S., that evangelical Christians are the best friends of Israel. Hmm. Doesn't that have a great ring to it? And, and you know, it's it's true for many reasons. In fact, I became aware of this whole notion after I became a believer, well, almost over 50 years ago, actually. And this truth that Christians tend to love Israel uh, became an avenue of testimony to my family and friends. Hmm. Uh, remember that Jewish people today live in the shadow of the Holocaust, and unfortunately, most Jewish people believe that quote-unquote Christians perpetrated the Holocaust. Hmm. I cannot imagine a real Christian persecuting a Jewish person, but that's because I know so many Gentile Christians. But this is the perception of the Jewish community based upon events like the Crusades, Russian pogroms, and the Holocaust, of course. It's not easy to change these perceptions within the Jewish community, but they are changing. A few years ago, a Pew Foundation survey actually found that 34% of the Jewish people surveyed believe you can be Jewish and believe in Jesus. That's mm. astounding. Wow. One third of the Jewish people believed you could be Jewish and believe in Jesus. I remember hearing uh, one, one fellow, when I told him I was a believer in Jesus, he said, that's like eating a ham and cheese sandwich at a bar mitzvah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so it was just about the furthest thing from anybody's mind. And uh, it, it's amazing to me. I mean, when I told my parents I became a believer in Jesus when I was about 19 years old, they thought I was telling them that I was really born on Mars and a spaceship delivered me uh, to their doorstep in a basket. Uh, yet, the landscape has changed. And one of the reasons it has changed is because so many Christians have been favorable to Israel. In fact, one of the ways Christians gained in reputation over the last 15, 20 years was with the various intifadas, the various mm. uh, high degree of tension between Palestinians and Jewish Israelis. And yet, Christians continued to take tours, <laughs> right. which supported, by the way, both the Israeli uh, Jewish and the Palestinian uh, communities. And uh, so, 
this is important, and I hope to perpetuate that from generation to generation. On the other hand, along with all the positive news, we've now discovered some critical challenges also. According to a recent survey, another one, millennials and the generations after them are not quite as pro-Israel as their parents and grandparents. Hmm. There are many reasons for this, and I can instantly think perhaps of three. First of all, our young people did not personally experience the devastation of the Holocaust, which led to the foundation of the state of Israel. Out of the ashes was born the modern state of Israel. Uh, People my age and a little younger understand that because we lived through the aftermath of these terrible, tragic events. Mm -hmm. And uh, sympathy for the Jewish people is just simply not practically part of an everyday uh, stream of support by those with millennial DNAs because they just didn't live through these times. Additionally, our young people are socially and sensitive and justice-oriented, which, by the way, is a good thing. Right. Um, Yet they only know Israel as a well-formed nation with a strong economy and maybe professional army. They were not around for the founding of the state of Israel and can't easily appreciate the struggles of the modern state of Israel, the wars fought or the terrorism endured from the Munich massacre of Israeli athletes to the Ma'alot debacle in May 1974 when 25 innocent Israelis were murdered by Palestinian terrorists at that moment. Bobby, from 1948 until the 1970s, the late 70s, most Christians and even most Americans viewed the modern state of Israel as the underdog Mm-hmm. and became deeply concerned for the future of the nation. During these years, most evangelical Christians also viewed the formation of the modern state of Israel as the fulfillment of biblical prophecy. Mm-hmm. I remember the Billy Graham film, His Land, that I watched as a new believer in 1971, and it was just taken for granted that most conservative evangelical Christians believed Israel, the modern state of Israel, was the modern fulfillment of prophecy. Well. I'm happy to report that 80% of those surveys still believe that God's promises to Abraham, which we talked about last week, Mm -hmm. are inclusive of the preservation of the Jewish people and provide the Jewish people with the divine deed to the land of Israel. This includes many millennials and shows that our young people are grappling with uh, biblical truth. Now, Bobby, I know that you are probably a little younger than I am. And you represent a new generation of believers. I'm not sure if you're a millennial, a cusper, or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I can tell you that I know you still have a great love and support for Israel without ignoring the difficulties and the social issues that, that swirl around each and every day. So maybe you can share a little bit about what, why is it that you support the nation of Israel and believe that the land of Israel belongs to the Jewish people. Maybe you can just share a few of your thoughts. Sure, sure. Yeah. And Mitch, yeah, I am uh, technically a millennial, uh, but I'm kind of like an early millennial. <laughs> I think one of the one of the terms that I saw for it is a geriatric millennial, which uh, makes yeah, well, me I'm feel... An, I'm an early... I'm an early boomer, okay. you know, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, but that means you still get uh, discounts, you know? Right, right, <laughs> right. So, um, but yeah, now... When I grew up, I had Jewish friends, you know, where I grew up. I'm I'm not Jewish. I didn't grow up in a Christian home, never went to church, anything like that. Uh, I came to faith when I was 19. And honestly, before that, it's like, 
you know, uh, Israel wasn't even on on the radar for me. And I, I did have a few friends in high school who wound up making Aliyah. They became citizens of Israel and went into the army there. But when I became a believer, uh, that's when God really began to give me a heart and a burden and a deeper understanding for the people, the land, and the future of Israel, historically, biblically, uh, but then bridging the gap between what I was reading on the pages of Scripture and what we see today in the world in the modern state of Israel, that took some time for me to really sort of grapple with and come to an understanding and appreciation for. Uh, And honestly, it was through interacting with Jewish believers in Jesus, I began to really have great concern. And when I began to meet Jewish believers, that's when things began to click when it came to the question of Israel uh, and Israel's place in God's plan, Israel's ongoing place in God's plan. Uh, And I remember reading through a book that helped me so much in trying to find balance and truth when it comes to finding how everything fit together between Scripture and what we see with the modern state of Israel. And it was a book by uh, Michael Rydelnik, who's a friend of our ministry. He's been on this program, teaches at uh, Moody Bible Institute, and his book is called Understanding the Arab-Israeli Conflict. And when he went through just meticulously laying the foundation for a biblical all the the multitude of biblical reasons for Christians to support Israel and and want to see Israel uh, come to faith in Jesus and to be, like we talked about last week, Christian Zionists. So, he laid the biblical foundation, but then he went through all the history of the modern state of Israel, Mm. all the, like you said, Mitch, coming out of the Holocaust, but even before then. So, in the late 1800s with the first Zionist Congress and this desire, this recognition among the Jewish people in in Eastern Europe, mostly, and and America, uh, that the Jewish people needed a homeland and that Israel was the place. And then it's like all these pieces began to move on the chessboard. And ultimately, I believe, I became convinced that that God is the one who's ultimately moving all these pieces and using all of these events, these geopolitical events, to bring about the founding of the modern state of Israel. So, Bobby, if I might interrupt. So, there's a, a biblical foundation for your belief in, yes. as a Christian Zionist that Jewish people should have the land of Israel, not that it shouldn't be shared at all, but that should have ownership of the land. Mm-hmm. And then there are sort of modern political, geopolitical issues that also convince you Correct. that the Jewish people should have the land. And then, of course, there are legal issues. Yes. The Balfour Declaration, the UN resolutions— I mean, there's a lot of reasons, even in international law, why the Jewish people should have the land. But foundational for all of us who love the Lord, it's what what does the Bible say right. about who owns the land? Really, right. I mean, that's what it boils down to, right. doesn't it? Exactly, exactly. And when we when we talk about the biblical foundation, I'm talking historically throughout Israel's entire history. Uh, the people of Israel's relationship to the land of Israel, but I'm talking prophetically as well. Uh, What we see concerning prophecy that has not yet been fulfilled, concerning the second coming of Jesus, the establishment of his kingdom, we cannot avoid or ignore what the scripture has to say about the place that the Jewish people in the land of Israel has in God's prophetic plan. So, 
all of these things converge. And what I would encourage any of our listeners who may be on the younger side or maybe, you know, more mature in age and are grappling with or, or haven't really looked into it yet or are undecided or are confused because we're always bombarded with so much information and so many voices uh, about this topic, about Israel, I would encourage all of you to just take the time to really study it out. And at Chosen People Ministries, we have many resources uh, that we can make available to you. I would, I would encourage you to pick up Dr. Rydelnik's book, Understanding the Arab-Israeli Conflict. I would encourage you to check out a book that we put out as a ministry almost 10 years ago now called The People, the Land, and the Future of Israel. I would encourage you to get another book that we have called Israel, the Church, and the Middle East. These are just invaluable resources that will help you navigate the same path of understanding the biblical foundation, understanding the geopolitical stuff that's going on around Israel, and also understand the future that God has for the people and the land. And again, Bobby, people can look at some of these books you've mentioned at chosenpeople.com and just go to our store and uh, you can find out more or call 212-223-2252, our phone number in New York City. And uh, I know that I love younger evangelicals. I raised two. And... uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, they're, and they're great kids. And I know that they really want to do what's pleasing to the Lord. And so I think that it's really important that we pray for our next generation, that they stay faithful to the Lord. And my prayer also is that they might continue to support Israel because that's what's taught in the Word of God. In the first century, the Feast of Dedication, or Hanukkah as it's known today, was a big deal. It was a season of remembering the victory of a righteous priestly deliverer. And in the book of John chapter 10, we learn that even Jesus showed up for the celebration. Jesus encouraged those in attendance to turn to God. And as we celebrate this most wonderful time of year, we'd like to encourage you to reflect and return to God too. And to help you do that, let us send you a free booklet called Hanukkah, A Bright Light in Dark Times. It's our free gift to you today, just for reaching out and letting us know you're listening. And you'll find this great resource online at chosenpeople.com radio. That's chosenpeople.com radio. Or ask for the book Hanukkah, A Bright Light in Dark Times when you call 888-293-7482. That number again is 888-293-7482. Thanks. We look forward to hearing from you soon. Welcome back. You're listening to The Chosen People. And right now, we're going to hear a story from a man named Rich Nickel. Rich's quest to succeed led him to Ocean City, where an encounter at the beach changed his life. I think that you'll uh, love Rich's testimony. He's a great messianic pastor and musician and uh, all-around good guy and uh, uh, raised in a very traditional Jewish home, but really touched by the Lord. So it's a wonderful testimony. Well, shalom. My name is Dr. Richard Nickel. Let me start off by telling you a little bit about my family background. We were very proud of being Jewish. All my grandparents were Eastern European Jews. My father had been a veteran uh, during World War II. I was bar mitzvah in, the, in an Orthodox synagogue, as were my, my two brothers. That sense of Jewish continuity and Jewish existence was very, very prominent. We never talked about God, ever. 
my parents are what I would call functional atheists. They just, for whatever reasons, just didn't believe that God existed, and we never talked about it at home. However, I, as a young person, even as a little kid, had a strong sense that there must be a God. When I was a little boy, actually in fifth grade, I started studying the trombone. Trombone became my identity. Rich, the trombone player. I decided to become a music major in college and went to Ithaca College. Each semester, we were required to endure what was called a jury exam. And there was my professor and the other professors and a music stand, and I had to play. I played horribly. I viewed myself as being the stupendous budding trombone player, and I sounded horrible. My lips were chapped. The air wasn't going through. Nothing was working. My teacher said, Rich, we hate to tell you, but you're going to be put on academic probation. I was shattered by that. I decided after that traumatic moment that I was going to practice like mad and I was going to study like crazy. I will become good at it. And so I followed my high school teacher to Ocean City, New Jersey, and I worked and I worked and I worked. And when I had time off, I would um, go to the Ninth Street Beach. And one day, two college-age young men came up to me on the beach and out of nowhere asked me if I would be willing to take their religious survey. What was your religion? I said, I was Jewish. Do you believe in God? I said, yes, I do believe in God. At the end of the survey, they asked, who is Jesus according to your understanding? I had no idea what to say. You're, you're a young man. There's a lot of things you don't think about in life, and I never thought about him at all, ever. So I answered, I think he was a great teacher and a great philosopher. However, this interaction with these two guys resulted in my getting to know them as believers and finding out about their world. The main thing that surprised me was one of these two guys, whose name was John, was Jewish, and he believed in Jesus. I never heard of such a thing in my entire life. And I'm asking him all kinds of questions about becoming a follower of this Yeshua, this Jesus. I remember the last question I asked him was this, if I believe in Jesus, am I going to have to give up trombone? And his answer was very wise. He said, Rich, I don't know what God will take out of your life, but whatever he takes out, he will put something back that's better. At that moment, after John's answer to my question, I decided to pray and come to this Yeshua, this Jesus. And I can tell you that when I opened my eyes, I, at that moment, was flooded with a sense of forgiveness, of well-being, a sense that were before, because of my sins, God and I were at odds. Now we were like this. Looking back over my life, I can just say thank you to God for the blessings that he has showered upon me. 
Not only has he granted me forgiveness of my own sins through Yeshua, which is very real to me, but on top of that, he's blessed me with a fantastic wife. He's given me four wonderful grown children. He's given me four grandsons. I hold their hand when we walk around with the Torah processional. He's also returned music to me. I do music better now and more now than I did when I was young. I thank God for that wonderful day in 1971 when I surrendered and said yes to Yeshua, the Messiah. From humble beginnings in Brooklyn, New York, to serving in 18 countries across the globe, Chosen People Ministries exists to share the knowledge of Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, with God's chosen people. Our outreach programs include evangelism and discipleship, messianic centers and congregations, and equipping local churches for Jewish evangelism. If you have a heart to reach the Jewish people in your community with the love of Messiah, connect with us today. You'll find us online at chosenpeople.com radio. And then be sure to check out our I Found Shalom videos. You'll find the links to these resources and so much more on our website. And with your help, we'll continue proclaiming the good news through Yeshua the Messiah to Jewish people around the world for years to come. To learn more, go to chosenpeople.com radio. You're listening to The Chosen People, which is produced and sponsored by Chosen People Ministries. Thank you so much for joining us today. And if you'd like to hear this message again, or if you'd like to share it with a friend, you can do that online when you visit us at chosenpeople.com radio. And while you're there, be sure to ask for our free Hanukkah booklet. Bobby, Hanukkah is commonly known, of course, as the Festival of Lights or the Feast of Dedication. You learn a lot about that in John chapter 10, believe it or not, because Jesus celebrated Hanukkah. It commemorates a time when Jewish people around the world celebrate God's provision and protection. This feast showcases the miracle of God's faithfulness that occurred during the Maccabean Revolt, but it also points us to a true miracle, Jesus, the Messiah. And if you'd like to know more about this wonderful eight-day holiday, then request our booklet, A Bright Light in Dark Times, and we will send it to you absolutely free. You'll find it on our homepage when you go to chosenpeople.com radio, or you can ask for it when you write to us at Chosen People Ministries, 241 East 51st Street in New York, New York, 10022. You can also call us at 888-293-7482. That's 888-2-YESHUA. And now let's wrap up today's program with the Aaronic Benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and be gracious to you. May the face of the Lord shine upon you and give you peace. B'Shem Shel Yeshua HaMashiach, Sar Shalom, in the name of Jesus the Messiah, the Prince 
of peace. In addition to partnering with local churches in the New York area, Chosen People Ministries is ready and available to speak at your church or missions conference. And we offer a variety of presentations on topics such as Jewish evangelism, the Jewish roots of Christianity, Messiah in the Old Testament, and so much more. So if you, your church, or your Bible study group is looking for another way to go deeper in your study of the culture, heritage, and history of Yeshua, Jesus, our Messiah, then please request more information today at chosenpeople.com radio. That's chosenpeople.com radio. And if you're not looking for a specific study topic, but you just want to let us know you're listening to this program, we'd love to hear from you. Just connect with us today at chosenpeople.com slash radio.